Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. I mean, something. So, yeah, some pe- some people say that you know that's about the Book of Revelation, which it may be, which is very true. Yes, Deuteronomy four two also says, "Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it. Yes. Keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you." Yeah, which, um, which, which yeah, to the whole Word of God. <laughs> I agree. You see, for me, when I read this book, when I read this, yes, it's talking about prophecy in the book. But how do you segregate this book from the other books? You don't. You can't. So as a means of introduction, because I did not start recording, we are looking at Psalm 19. And we read from verse 7 to 11. And we are just pushing forward on on exploring when the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect. And because the law of the Lord, the word of God is perfect, we are reading Revelations 22, verse um, um, 18 and 19. And maybe we should, please, you said Deuteronomy chapter 8. Yes. Chapter 4. Oh, chapter 4, sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 4. That's where God made it very clear in verse, that's verse, yes, he says, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. So we see very obvious there, the reason why we must not add or take away is so that we can obey it. How can you obey something? How can you say you want to obey the word of God and it has already been adulterated? You will not be able to obey it. That's why it is so crucial. The way I see it is so crucial for us to invest time for study, time for asking God, meditating on his word and saying, Lord, what? how does this apply to my life so that I can obey it? And so when the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, God is already reinforcing that perfection and telling us, you do not need to add anything to it. You cannot, you do not need to take anything away from it because it is perfect. It is perfect. It is pure. It is truth. It is the truth. And because of that, adding or subtracting, you denature the word of God. The pure nature that that, the word of God has, when you start adding and removing, you are, it's no longer the word of God. It's no longer the word of God. You've denatured it. The pure nature of the word of God is no longer, um, it's no longer true anymore because you've added to it. So the, 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 the point, the note, very strong note there is for us to believe that he's perfect. And because of that pure perfection the word of God has and the power it carries, the Bible says it refreshes the soul, it converts the soul. And that is what 
you know, when I read this, it, it is not talking about it changes the head. No, it penetrates deep down to touch the soul. The soul that is on the way to perdition, the word of God, can touch that heart. George, it's backing, sorry. It's yes. foolish. I mean, we know it's foolishness to unbelievers, mm. right? And we're all we were all drawn at some point where we were still unbelievers and we were coming to the Lord sort of thing in that way. Yeah. So what what is the what opens the heart, I suppose, in order, I mean, is it purely just the Holy Spirit, just the Holy Spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it acting it? You know, on, on Thursday, mm. uh, the Holy Spirit worked, but Wednesday it didn't. When people yeah. turn foolishness, I mean, what is the, what is the catalyst, I suppose, for mm. the, for the heart to start to receive it as, as it should be, as a as it should be, and not as foolishness. Yes, as foolishness. You know, we we started talking about it. Was it Hebrews four verse twelve? Yes. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of yeah. the joints and the marrow. Yes. And as a center of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hmm. You know, we, we, we're actually going to come to that scripture. <laughs> but you know, we started talking about this last week, about the issue of faith. Mm-hmm. You see, when there is no faith, you cannot receive the word of God. You see, this, that's why you, we can nev- you can never overtalk it. Let me use that. Um, phrase you can never over over discuss it because the matter of faith is so important you see what we are trying to do in this study is to generate more faith for us to keep accepting the word of god because you see like you know you use some very crucial words foolishness Mm -hmm. the word of god to most people even Christians, it sounds foolish. What do you, okay, the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, so shall man live. Now, how does that apply to me? Mm-hmm. That I have to accept and believe wholeheartedly that your sustenance for life in this world is not only bread. It's not only roast dinner. It's not only balanced diet. Oh, let me eat my five a day. Five portions of vegetables and fruits. It's not only that. That my life depends on every word, every word. You see, it, it, this, that scripture is showing us the perfection in the word of God. Every word. When the Bible says every word, it is not some words. It is not just one word. It's not just, well, this is your view. <laughs> this is the view of Moses, but this is not the view of Paul. It's not that. It is every word. That comes out. And you see, at some point, by God's grace, we are going to be discussing every word coming out of the mouth of God. At times, there are some words that come out from the mouth of men. 
But we need to be careful that it is the word of God that is coming from his mouth. Let's give you a very practical example. <laughs> Do you remember? You know, it's just coming to my heart now. Do you remember when the uh, Jews went and met Jesus about divorce? Do you remember? In Matthew chapter 19, it was very interesting. An interesting discussion. Let me, let me just go there very quickly. Is it Matthew 19 or Matthew 18? I think it's 18. Or is it? Oh, sorry. It's 19. Sorry. Matthew 19. Look at, look at what the, oh, it was the Pharisees. They came to meet, they came, they came to meet Jesus on this question. And the reason why I like this part of the scripture is because Jesus answered some topical issues here. Very interesting. But we are not discussing those topical issues. I'm just laying emphasis on the word of God. Look at what, look at what the Bible said here. Verse 3. The Bible said, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Now, and he answered, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, why then? <laughs> why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? He said to them, Moses! Because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Do you see the word of God? Do you know? Do you see how the word of man? <laughs> it's so, you see, this is so interesting to me because there are so many things you can glean and learn from this portion of scripture. But the, what we are looking at and focusing on today is this. What God says is so important. At times, because of the hardness of men's hearts, men will even try and lower and lower the understanding, lower the scripture, lower the standard in what God has said. But it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the substance of the truth. It doesn't change whatever explanation we are trying to give it to suit our condition, to suit our environment, to suit even the hardness of our heart. It, should, it doesn't change the word of God. Because you see, when Jesus laid out, you know, all the things Jesus said there in verse 4, 5, and 6, was it not the word of God? It was true. They even accepted it. But they said, but why? Why did Moses <laughs> allow it? The Bible said, Moses allowed it. He, the Bible said, Moses permitted you. 
because of the hardness of your heart. That is not the word of God. What Moses permitted is different from what the word of God said. Now, we can talk about several issues. I'm just using this as an example to portray what man, when, I, when the Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 4, verse 5, verse 6 is what proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is what the word of God has said. But the, what Moses allowed is what proceeds out of the mouth of man. And we have several examples. We are not just, it's not just on marriage. There are several examples in the world today of what men have said. And they have said it as if it's the word of God. But actually, is that what the word of God has said? Even the Pharisees, you know, they, you know, in the questioning, they did not deny verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6. They didn't say, no, 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 Jesus. What you are saying is not true. They knew that is what the Bible says. Jesus reminded them. He said, have you not heard from the beginning? He made them male and female. Have you not heard from the beginning? A man shall be joined to his wife and the two, not three, not four, not five. The two shall become one flesh. Have you, don't you agree with that statement? Then Jesus went on to say, so then they are no longer two but one. Therefore, because they are now one, what God has joined together, let not man separate. But it sounded totally different from what Moses allowed. And it happens even for us in spiritual leadership at times. That there are some things you ignore. There are some things you don't want to push. And you don't want to, it might even look as if you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And your silence at times can be seen as if, oh, that means it's the truth. That means that's the word of God. That's the problem. That's the deficiency of human leadership. That's why, no matter what, you see, I keep telling people, I said, please, even if my experience is wrong, my experience is not the word of God. Even if I've had an experience, I've heard it several times. People will say, oh, um, something like this. Oh, but... Um, He's married to, he's not, he, I'm, I can go out with a non-Christian. It doesn't matter. Because this pastor, before his wife gave his life to Christ, he too went out with an unbeliever, somebody who didn't believe Jesus. And the lady is not a Christian today. That's not the word of God. That experience is not the word of God. What does the word of God say? The word of God says, what fellowship? What communion has the unbeliever with the believer? That's what the word of God says. So if I'm trying to get into a relationship, one of the questions I'll be asking is, is this person a follower of Jesus? I won't say, oh, I can start a relationship and hope like my pastor. 
and that person gave his life to Christ. That's not the word of God. Yes, this is Kevin. So, because I was chatting with this with David the other week, a few weeks ago, well, a few yeah. months ago now. Yeah. So did Moses go against the will of God by allowing this, or did God give him dispensation to Maybe, allow? Well, you, we can explain it as in, you know, the, Jesus, this is what I understand Jesus. Jesus said, Moses permitted you mm-hmm. because of the hardness of your heart. Mm-hmm. There are some things Moses did that is not, it's not, God did not say, oh, allow it. Because of the hardness, it was not because God told him. You know, it's different. Jesus said it clearly here. He said, because of the hardness of your heart. It happens in leadership. I have seen it. So, there's, you know, a, there's, yes. a, there's other examples where they married, they married strange women, strangers, and uh, God, I think, definitely says they told them to divorce them. If you look at if you look at the 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 story of marrying strange women, mm-hmm. they had already that Me. was yes. So the issue is, I've heard people say, oh, "I married an unbeliever." That means. I should break. <laughs> I should reverse her. If you go and read, if you go and read what Paul said about Christians marrying who have married, who have married unbelievers, if you go and check, you will not enter that relationship in the first place if you knew the truth, if you actually agree with the truth. So, but. That's why Paul addressed part of those issues, even in, um, is it 1 Corinthians chapter 7, when he was talking about marriage. He said, if you have an unbelieving husband or a wife, a a, a husband has an unbelieving wife, he, he should not put her away. They should not separate because your weakness, your weakness can be an a, a, a platform, I'm just paraphrasing here, can be a platform through which the unbelieving husband or the unbelieving wife can come to know the Lord. But we presume, we, well, I hadn't done before, basically, yeah. but you presume that you know you can have that gun, you can have two unbelievers and somebody becomes... Yeah, I mean, of course, it happens all the Christ. time. Yeah. And even then you could have two Jewish people that were married, but one comes to Christ. Yeah, yeah. As that that is I've, I've we've seen it several times. Mm-hmm. It's it's happening all the time. People get married. It's not going out and finding an unbeliever to marry. Exactly. <laughs> that is what I'm. That's what we are trying to address. <laughs> because the other person, the people who are unbelievers, what do you expect? Of course, they will marry. No problem. But the issue is, you are a Christian. You are you following Jesus, and you say, "Oh, I'm having this relationship. I will want to question your work with God." But we have people doing it. And they said, because my pastor was in a relationship with an unbeliever, that person gave his life to Christ. And so let's just hope the same will happen here. The question I'm asking is, is your pastor's experience the word of God? No. That's the matter. And it happens all the time. And what do you do if if somebody, somebody believes that they are you know, they know the truth. They know yes. everything you've just yes. said. Yes. They believe that God has told them to marry that person. Well, how do you how do you convince them otherwise? <laughs> <How do> you, <laughs> See, the Bible, the 
Bible is the thing is if the Bible says it's something like the Bible is is the, <laughs> the dividing line. If if the thing is it it the, so it essentially goes against the word. God doesn't contradict himself. So, you know, so just to add to the that, Bible, the Bible is is the kind of cutting line. It's the dividing line. So, I've had I've had this situation arise several times with people, and they've come to me. I've showed them the word of God. Oh, but God told you, excuse me. And we are going, coming even to discuss this issue, as in, why is it that um, when the Bible says, the law of the Lord is trustworthy, making wise the simple. We're going to talk about it later. But you see, when somebody comes like that, the question is, God will not tell you outside his word. Whatever God tells you will always agree with the word of God. It will agree with the wholesome counsel of the word of God. The other thing, you know, very important issue is this. Why is it, and I thought I would just raise it now because we have come to it. Why is it? If it, it happens in, with Christians a lot of the time. They have made the word of God inferior to any revelation, any vision. Do you understand? Do you know if Jesus comes through this door now and sits down on this chair and we have a lovely discussion? I have an experience of Jesus' vision. Do you know if God doesn't help my heart, I will make my reading of the Bible inferior that experience why is it that we think the word of god scriptures that we read and god speaks to our heart why is it we think it is inferior to any revelational experience you may have any revelational experience you may have should only support should only back up should only confirm what god has been telling you yourself. Do you know when the way you sit down and read the word of God and you are praying, meditating on it, asking God to give you insight and light, you think that is inferior to a Christian book that you read. Meanwhile, no matter how powerful the title of the book is, like this one now, true discipleship. It should only be a confirmation of the word of God you've been reading. It should not be a substitute. It is not inferior. The word of God, the Bible you read, and the scriptures that you understand that are enlightening your heart is not inferior to any Christian book. It's not. But unfortunately, we think the Bible is inferior. We think, oh, it's because this great expositor of the Bible has said it. That means it's true. It's very terrible. I read, I heard a brother was telling us how he entered a church. It's very sad. He entered a church, and when the preacher was going to get up, he said, brethren, please close your Bibles. What I'm going to tell you now is fresh revelation from heaven. You won't see it in the Bible. Close it. 
in you, in you what revelation are you going to bring that should not we should not use the bible to confirm it and check because the thing is you have it you have the bereans don't you have the bereans tested what paul said who wrote half the new testament against what the old testament said so he he kind of tested every single word of god like every single stuff that paul was saying against the scriptures and paul wrote the new testament so god wrote the new testament but i mean so so we need to just test test all things yeah we need to test everything against the word of god no everything what says. yeah no matter see even if fire was coming out of his mouth let's test it yes please Kevin. so i mean i can so when somebody goes against the word of God and puts themselves in a, an awkward place, an awkward situation, mm. even though they, you know, believe it was sent by God and that mm. God to do that and, you know, God's going to turn it to good, etc., etc. Mm. The, how would you recommend, um, do we, do we do like, um, yeah, it's 1 Corinthians, isn't it? Do we, do we yeah. send them out? Send them out of the city to be to be sifted by the devil. Um, what would you record? How, how do we? How do what? We yes. So, so with such people, you know, there are some like if it's is blatant, you know, um, um, like look at what Jesus, uh, Paul talked about the man who went and married his father's wife in the Corinthian church. There were instructions very clear and God did not allow that story to be written for us so that we will pat it on the back just for information. No, the Bible talked about discipline. The Bible talked about allowing that person to understand that what he has done has affected fellowship. Now, all that is just punitive because if you look at the second book of Corinthians, Paul referenced that same case and he talked about accepting that brother back because he had repented. I, I believe it was the same case, but I've yes. people said before it. Well, people have said it been a different one. Well, I believe it's the same example. But, but yeah, but but it's only showing us that when those strict measures are put in place, it's not for condemnation; it's for repentance, so that that person can come back to the Lord. You see, the Word of God is consistent on issues like that. He said those who are spiritual. He said, if a brother is overtaking in a fault, those of you who are spiritual should go and restore such a person with the spirit of humility, knowing that you yourself, you yourself, that's why when somebody tells me that, oh, I can never do that. Uh, I can never do what Hitler did. (laughs) It's insulting. If you do not pray for your life, you will do worse. Was, Was I not hearing just look, all you need to do is look at the news. Did you hear that story of that young six-year-old boy? It's very sad. That was that was maltreated in, in Birmingham. Arthur, or that's his name. Six-year-old. In, in fact, if you Sky Sky News has a video clip 
of how the boy was waking up. The father films all this. The boy was waking up from sleep. He was, he was beaten up, most likely the day before. He was in pain. He, was, he hadn't eaten for days. This boy was crying, please feed me. Feed me. You know? Now, this was a lady that did this to this boy. What's the difference between what this boy, that lady did, and what Hitler did? Somebody will say, oh, Hitler's own was a mass, was a mass one. Hitler had opportunity to do to a mass a lot of people. You, you just did it to one person. What's the difference? That's why anytime somebody misbehaves, even if we want to restore a person, restore him with the spirit of humility because you yourself, the Bible says, whoever thinks he stands should take heed lest he falls. It's the word of God. So that's why for, for coming to your your particular the particular issue you've raised there's a place for restoration we can only pray for some people if they stick to their guns you're not going to force them i mean i i I know a brother who misbehaved and we went to talk to him he told us off in fact he said oh um i'm cooking up stories against him you know and he was offended He, he refused to speak to me I remember myself and the pastor sat him down and he told, he shouted and everything, got annoyed and left and went and started spreading rumors that, oh, um, 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 I was nasty to him. I, I just, I didn't even answer all that. I just went to pray. And honestly, some weeks, I don't know what happened. The Holy Spirit just walked. Some weeks later, he came and apologized. He said, I'm really sorry, you know, what I've said about you. I know I'm wrong, you know, and we are friends today. So for me, those things, is go- my own prayer has always been, Lord, help me in humility and, and with your grace on my head. Help me to obey your word. Let, not, let me not be the source of people not obeying your word. So you, you are not going to force anybody to do anything. You can only present the word of God to them and go and pray. And trust God, that God who owns that heart. The Bible said, the heart of the king is the hand of God. If the heart of the king is in the hand of God, is it the heart of another man that will not be in the hand of God? You know, so we can only beseech God and say, oh God, touch this heart. And every, every case needs wisdom. I mean, I heard exactly. Exactly. I, heard a story, I heard a story going back to Native Americans, Red Indians, where uh, you know, the, uh, the West went out there and witnessed to them. And the, so the, uh, there was a, a chief there who had six, seven wives mm-hmm. and, um, and basically came to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he was told that he had to divorce you know, yes. get rid of six of his wives. Yeah. Those six wives died of starvation. Because nobody, nobody looked up, nobody looked after them. Oh no, no, no! That's that's, that's what that's, would happen in a nah. in an Indian in an Indian situation, sort of thing. Ah, nah, nah. So, so what I'm saying is, is yeah. that the church needs. I mean, it could be just a story, but what yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The church needs to to support people. No, of course, definitely. That's that's all. I in fact, yes, in the Indian Indian, I think in the like southern like that India. Mm. Where where people used to, it still happens today. So if if the husband dies, mm. 
the wife has to jump on the funeral pyre for that. So Christian stopped that, and there was also sort of the fact of was it the foot binding stuff? Did you hear about the foot binding stuff that so out in China? So Gladys Allwood, so Christian stopped foot binding because that was kind of against. Um, um, against kind of it wasn't things. There was also another thing. I think it was in Africa where they would they would have twins, and if there was one of the other twins, they would actually kill the twin because they thought it was like a. So 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 there's so many of these like yeah. practices that that Christianity is practiced, but they're probably coming back today, even though you've got the the they're actually a lot worse that, that if it wasn't for Christianity or for the kind of gospel kind of reaching these these kind of these unknown places that oh. it, it's actually made the made the cultures a lot better right? oh. some horrific things have been done in christian cultures as well yeah <laughs> uh, we, we we sometimes think about where we are now whatever that uh, is what you, what you and the, the countries are only 100 years yeah. behind us in but a lot of ways is, um, is from the atheists so you tend to hear from the yeah so it's not actually from the Christians. You kind of tend to hear, hear what's what's going to happen, but you don't tend to hear the kind of good side of oh. the good side of things. You know, so it's it's um it's important that this issue of you know just going back to what we're talking about about the fact that when the Bible said man shall not live by bread alone and man sh- but by every word that proceeds out of the man that's what brought us to the every word and checking you know at times the word of god it can be difficult the word of god in its application can be hard but you see that's why everybody falls under that yoke of this, I call it the yoke in the sense that we always have, we always have to release our hearts to God and say, God, this is your word. This is the truth. I accept it. You need to help me. You need to help my heart so that I can bow the knee to these instructions. Nobody should be proud and look at it and say, well, you know, it's the word of God. You know, let's just... No, you see, because it is the heart. And the heart has to be applied to it. God looks at the heart. And because it's only God that sees the heart, it's important that we know that we have to submit our hearts regularly for God to prune it, for God to shape it, so that we can be able to apply the word of God we're hearing to our lives. It's it's so important. We can't do without it. Because that is the truth of God's word. And the truth at times uh, disagrees with our own perception, with our own thinking. You know, look at this issue we're talking about, about culture. How do you bring the word of God to change the culture? that people have been living in for years. You need a mindset. You need an internal transformation of the heart to be able to bring people to that point. 
There are some cultural aspects that are totally wrong. It is against the word of God. But people will argue with you and say, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not about argument. It's only about praying and saying, God, can you bring my heart to be? See, it, it happens all the time. Practically, you know, there are some examples, several. There's this thing in Nigeria when you are going to get married. There is a, a flamboyant aspect of a marriage ceremony. So when I was going to get married, for instance, um, they bring money. Maybe you are doing the dance or whatever. They bring money and spray it. What I mean by spray? They will just come with notes of money and be on your head. Now, <laughs> do you know something? I remember, oh, that's why at times when you want to insist that you want to follow the word of God, you will face opposition. I, I remember during our own wedding, I insisted. I told, I told my aunties, told several people around, I said, please, there is no need to come and show. And people use the opportunity to show off. They use the opportunity to let other people know that actually we are the big boys in town. We have arrived. We have money to spend. So they will come. And do you know how, how interesting this is? Most of this thing is for show. So somebody could go and go and um, get uh, maybe five, five pounds in a bundle. And show, and he said he wants to give the couple. So he will just spray it on the couple. Five, five pounds. Maybe he brings a hundred. Eh? That's 500 pounds. Most times when people actually want to give us money, you know, for your wedding gifts or whatever, actually, they could give you a check. And that check could be 2,000 pounds, 3,000 pounds. They will come and get 3,000 pound notes and come and be spraying it. They will give you quietly. I did an experiment during my wedding. I remember I was trying to tell some brothers. I said, all this spraying of money is show. Gather, you know, they gathered the money people sprayed and kept it in one side. And then when we looked at the amount people sprayed, compared to the amount people gave us in secret, it dwarfed it 10 times over. <laughs> what am I trying to say? You see, the word of God, the word of God is true. When Jesus said, if you want to help somebody, if you want to give the poor, eh, what do you do? Do it in secret. Those people who were showing off, they were showing off. And what they were showing off was nothing compared in amount to those who gave us money in secret. Because you see, to show off is always is a, is a, is superficial. It's just vain. There's no depth to show off. Showing off is so superficial. There's no depth to it. So even the quantity of the gift is so small compared to what people actually give to help. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's why at times I remember I gave people, I distributed envelopes. Oh, it was serious. People looked at me and said, ah, Akin is mad. I remember some people said, this is too much. I distributed envelopes. I said, I don't want people to spray. Put your money in your envelope. And if you want to give us, fine. We're happy with that. 
You put it in an envelope. Don't come and show off. And I remember, my brother has laughed at me. My auntie said, what are you doing? Allow people to show the money. It's for show. I said, excuse me. I'm following Jesus. Let them keep, if they can't give us a gift, and in a, in a nice way, in a humane way, in a, in a non-showing um, way, they should keep their money. I'm not interested. It was very interesting. So when it's, I remember some of my auntie said, rubbish, we are still going to disobey you anyway. So I remember when they started spraying money, I just left to go and sit down. I wasn't going to dance. Because I told them, I, I, I don't want that. Oh, it's cultural. Is this? I said, I agree, it's cultural. If you, I'm not going to force you, but me, I won't partake of it. <laughs> you know, so the word of God, it can challenge culture. It can challenge cultural thinking. When it does that, we can only humbly accept it and pray. Not everybody will see it that way. That's why we are not fighting anybody. You are not forcing anybody. Following Jesus is not by force. Even Jesus never forced anybody. You know, it was interesting to me when Jesus, when those disciples left Jesus in John chapter 6, what did Jesus say? Jesus looked at the 12 and said, will you also go away? You know, these guys have just gone away. What about you? Are you not considering going away? To show you that following Jesus and asking people to follow the word of God is not by force. You know, so that's why, you know, the question, that, that issue Kevin raised about why is it that we can't accept it? We need faith. We need to believe that the word of God is truly perfect. That you don't need to question it. You don't need to add to it. You don't need to take away from it. Because it will not be perfect again. So you can do what? Believe it. It's real. It's true. I can, because I've always thought of, because you know how faith, because uh, faith, faith, you have faith in like the lift. If you go, yeah. to, yes, that, that's normally an example. Because um, some people have faith, the lift doesn't go down the floor because mm. you've got the engineers of kind of engineers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so faith in rather than faith, because because so, it's not a it's not a nebulous thing. Faith. Yeah, you have faith in like an engineer in a lift to, to make sure the physics of that that lift that lift works. The word. In Greek is uh, pistos, so which it also means it comes from the Hebrew word trust. So that those, so you have the word that those that trust in the Lord. Yes. So it, it comes from that that same that same. I, I don't know what the Hebrew word, but but that's that that's essentially what the word faith faith means. Mm. In the um, in that in that language, because because we it's not a nebulous faith. We we have a faith that we know. The fact of that Jesus died and resurrected, and we we have evidence for Jesus' death and resurrection. We we know from history that that happened. We, we so we have evidence of the fact of of of, of those things happen. It's it's not a blind faith. It's a faith that we know yes. God has done stuff in the past. Mm. He can also do stuff in in the future as well. In the future. Mm. Beloved brethren, I pray that God will help us. <laughs> Because this matter, we can't, you know, it's not something that we, anybody can graduate from. Faith in the word of God is important. 
because the other uh, Georgia, okay, the other story is the fact of the uh, house on the sand and the house on the rock. Mm. That, that yes. Have, that I guess that we know with the word of God that that when we kind of have the word of God, it's kind of have we have solid foundations. And if we don't have our kind of house on the sand and house, mm. on the house that's that's the matter. The, 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 you know, it was after Jesus finished speaking Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6. At the end of Matthew chapter 7, that was when Jesus now rounded up with that parable. That whoever hears this saying of mine and does not obey it, it's like one who is building a house on sand. You know, so the prayer now is, oh God, can you help my heart to believe every word that proceeds out of your mouth? Lord, can you help me? Even when it challenges my very fabric, my, my mindset, Lord, it is, you see, we should have faith in the fact that it is perfect enough to convert the soul, to change thinking. That's what the word of God can do. That's why believing it, accepting it, praying about it, praying over it is important. I trust God will help us. Mm-hmm. We need help. We need all the help that we can get. Yes. Like without you, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. Yeah, we can do nothing. This is our very life, beloved brethren. It's, it's our life. It's our very life. That's why uh, we we don't it because it's our life, and this is what we have to live by. We have no option. I trust God will help us. Yeah. So, I'll stop here. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 